Hello Life Changes Church, thank you so much for joining us today. We've got an amazing word for you, so get your pens and your notebooks ready because God wants to speak to you today. Enjoy. Good morning Life Changes. Oh, that's a nice, 10.30 has always got a good response. I tell you, some of the 8.30 people are here as well. It's like, it was pouring earlier on, it's like, no, I'll, I'll do second shift. But good morning, thank you, it's nice to have you in the house. My name is Mpele, if we have not met, probably seen me a couple of times but I get the privilege and the pleasure of being one of the elders of this church. It is, it is a role that I take very seriously um, because it is, it is God's work. And uh, I am 36 years old. You might be thinking, what? Not 21. Yep, Th- 36 years old. And uh, I am a sinner saved by grace. Outside of God's kindness and goodness, uh, there would be devastation, chaos, and absolute death uh, in my story. I am a husband of one wife, as I like to say, and uh, on the 30th of June this year, we celebrated uh, 11 years of, of marriage. She's, she's going all the way. She's going the long way. She's decided she's in. That's good. And I'm a father of two uh, wonderful little girls, Naki, who turns five uh, this year, and Nyakalo, playing hide-and-seek there under the table, who just turned one. It is, it is an incredible privilege to be sharing the word of God with you this morning. And uh, as I was thinking about, you know, this, this, this service it's, and, and, and this moment, I thought, you know, this doesn't feel, at least to me, it's not like a preach, you know, like fire and brimstone. It's, it's a pastoral cry and a, and a plea to my heart and hopefully to the heart of those that will receive this morning. And this morning, I want to take us to... A scripture in Genesis chapter 4. We're going to read uh, from verse 4 to verse 7. And it goes something like this in the NIV, which will pop up on the screen uh, behind me. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering. But on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry. His face was downcast. Oh, his face was downcast, full stop. Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at the door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. The New Living Translation, just that verse 7, says, You will be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you. But you must subdue it and be its master. Lord Jesus, we gather in this hall, this auditorium, this room in your name. Not to advance a particular brand, a particular agenda, but to declare that you are king. You are sovereign, you are God, you are you are Lord, you are master this morning. I pray, God, that as we are about to receive of your word, that it will touch, transform, and restore. Spirit of the Most High God, you know where we are as individuals, as families in this house. I pray, God, that you do what you do best, which is to bring the dead to life and to, to add courage where there is doubt, to raise up an awareness, to draw us closer to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We've got a very short 
preach, sermon, whatever you want to call it this morning, such that uh, at eight, during the 8.30 service, I think we had some of the band members taking a nap. Um, it was so quick. Two points. I only have two points for you this morning. Are you ready? We will be out of here in, in, in no time. Um, which is why I asked Sharon to just stay on uh, to, to minister with me. So, Genesis chapter 4, we are looking into, it's a scene where God is having a conversation with Cain. Uh, he's saying to Cain, why are you upset? You know, why, why are you so downcast? And the back of that is that there had been an offering that was offered to God. Abel's offering was accepted. And Cain's offering was not accepted. We don't know why. We don't know what was the reason. Of course, some uh, call them debates or ideas are flowing around, floating around to say it was because uh, Cain brought, you know, just the fruits of the land and Abel brought his first fat of the, of the flock. Clear, it is clear here that God says to Cain, if you do what is right, you will be accepted. And my premise this morning, my heads of argument is one statement, is that God made a way. God has made a way. Up to this point, we know that the journey, humanity's journey, and its, its, its relationship with sin, well, there were three things that were clear to mankind at this point. The first point was that sin is offensive to God and it robs us of intimacy with him. That, that point was very clear up to the stage because from Adam walking in the cool of the day with God to being evicted out of the Garden of Eden, there, was, it, there, was, there should have been no doubt in man's heart and mind to say this thing is offensive to God. And even today as we sit here, it's a reminder to my heart to say sin is offensive to God because he is a holy God. If you go through the Old Testament, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, Numbers, you will see the, the statement, be holy for I am holy. Be holy for I am holy. So th that, that part was very clear. The second part about sin that was clear up to this point was that sin brings chaos, distraction, and devastation. It brings death. The consequence of sin is that from God declaring that it is good to the ground being cursed. You know, God says to Adam, cursed is the ground because of you. Can you imagine being the ground? and say, what did I do? It's like, they're the ones that stuffed up. Why am I getting involved? The, the, the consequences of sin is that it brings chaos and death that are far-reaching. And uh, last, it's not last week, when was Father's Day? See, I'm getting old. Three weeks, three months, whenever. Three weeks ago. <laughs> I made a, a, a cry to fathers to say, fathers, we need to be aware of the decisions that we make, the steps that we take. Because chaos and devastation flows into our families because of us. The third point that was very clear to humanity up to this point is that mankind's attempts to deal with sin are ineffective. From Adam and Eve trying to cover up with figs and trees and I don't know what design they would have had. It was not effective. God himself had to come in. The Bible says, slaughter an animal and with its leather, with its coat, cover them up. Nice designer garment from God. But it was very clear to say our attempts to try and deal with things will not measure up. That we need God. And at every point in 
our story today, in where I am today, I just want to remind my heart, remind your heart, as we will look into the scripture that we just read, that sin is still very much a reality. The Bible in verse, where, where we just read verse, verse uh, 7, it says that sin is crouching at the door. Mankind is exposed to sin. We are exposed. It's closer than we think. It's closer than I think. It's crouching at the door. But even though my, the default position of my heart is to rebel, to, 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 to wave a, a, a contemptuous fist against God, God has made a way. He says just because it is crouching at the door doesn't mean it has to infiltrate and take over. In James chapter 1 verse 13 to 15 it says, And remember when you are being tempted, do not say, God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong and he never tempts anyone. Temptation comes from our own desires which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. Just because that is what happens when sin is allowed to grow and to give, when, when, just because it's allowed to grow and give birth, just because those are the consequences, doesn't mean it has to be our inheritance. Because he has made a way. He says to Cain, it's crouching at the door. It wishes to have you, but you must master. You must sub- There is a way out. And the way out this morning, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 to 4, very famous scripture. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us his own, who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. I'm not sure what your definition of sin is this morning in an age where there's doubts about can we really believe this book? I mean, it's written so long ago. Schools of thought have come in. It's human beings wrote this. How, how can we know that Paul was not just in a bad mood when he wrote that scripture? There's a reminder this morning to say sin is crouching at the door. It's closer than I think. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 to 5 won't pop up on the screen. But it says, but understand this, that in the last days that are to come, they will be difficult. This is the ESV uh, version. For people will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power. I don't think I was not captured there. Maybe you guys, but I'm somewhere. I'm somewhere there. Unappeasable. Appearance of godliness. Lovers of self and lovers of God. This morning I'm reminded that those behaviors are closed at the door. And for those of us that 
have not yet made the decision to accept Christ as Lord and Savior, it's a reminder this morning that it's not just made-up stuff. Sin is a reality. And for those of us that are called, that have accepted the grace, it's a reminder to say we need to watch out. It's at the door. It's closer than we think. Exposure to sin does not mean embracing it. Just because I'm exposed to it does not mean I have to take it in. We went through a series of unashamed just this past few weeks. Six weeks, thank you, Michael. And loaded in there was to say, the fact that it is easily accessible doesn't mean it has to be our reality. God says to Cain, why are you upset? Why are you angry? He's like, well, you put these emotions in me. If I did not have the emotion anger, then I would not, you know, why did you eat of the fruit, Adam? Well, this woman that you put here, if you had not, it's closer than I think. It's crouching at the door. My second point and final point is that word, that line, it desires to have you. And the second point is beware. I'm reminded to watch out this morning. As I said, and we know that some of our members of our family, some of our colleagues, maybe you're in this room as well, have not yet made the decision to allow Christ into your heart. The danger is real. The danger is real. That when life departs from your mortal body, there is a very real danger that your soul will be removed from the presence of the Father. For Paul writes in Romans 6 verse 23, the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. If sin had its way with me, I would forever be separated from the Father. But I thank God that he has made a way. Back to the Father. In Romans 10, verse 9, it says, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. God has made a way, people. The danger is real, but God has made a way for us to have access back to him. And at the end, I'm going to invite you, if you haven't, maybe you're watching online, maybe you're in the room, if you haven't made that call and you're feeling a little bit uneasy, uncomfortable right now, maybe this is your opportunity. I'm not going to say it's your last one. God is gracious. God is good. Maybe it's time to respond today. The second part of, the second part that I want to bring under the, that, that phrase Beware. As the New Living Translation says, sin is eager to control you. Now, as a Christian, I know that I've attempted to make some decisions that are based off of fear and the consequences of sin in the world that I find myself exposed to going to try and put that again, is that as a Christian, I'm not immune to the death, chaos, and devastation in this world. 
that's brought on by sin. And sometimes the consequences and devastation that are brought on by sin that are experienced by Christians drives them to make decisions. It's being controlled by sin, being controlled by fear. As Christians, I'm not immune, we are not immune to the troubles of this earth. We too are exposed to the chaos and devastation. And sometimes in an attempt to escape those consequences, we kick back and say, where is God? I don't think God is, has put me in this place in this time. Why is this happening to us? If you remember the story of Ruth, Naomi, the father who brought his family from Israel out into a foreign land because there was a drought, there was famine. We, sometimes as a Christian, I'm tempted to make those decisions. But the Bible in Psalm 37 verse 23 says that the Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. We're not immune, church, to the hardships. We are not. As I shared earlier, I'm a father of two. Now, a year before Naki was born, who is turning five in August this year, I was called to a scene on the N2, the N2 highway. I remember that day very clearly. I was, at the time, still taking a nap because uh, it was daylight, but I was still sleeping because I was writing an exam later that day. It had been a long night of studies, and the phone rang. It was Monica, and she said, you need to come to the N2. She came out of that wreck. It was sometime in November, October, November. And she got out. A couple of um, amazing stories from there. It's one that that car is lying right in the middle of the highway. There was a mechanical failure or a tire burst, whatever, swerved left, right on its head or on its backside. Rush hour traffic, no car hit her. We got there, she got out, she was already out when I got there. Went to the doctors, went to the police station, do the whole report, accident case number, put in insurance claims and all of that. I can't remember whether it was the very same night or a few days after that, she said to me, Babes, I think I'm pregnant. I said, I think you hit your head. <laughs> because for a year or maybe even more before this, we'd been trying for a baby and it was not happening. So when this happened, faith arose in her heart to say something is happening here. Something is happening here. And lo and behold, she was. The following year, 2018, the 1st of August, Naki was born. Now, I share this story because it was not about, oh, what sin is in your life? Let's go and confess. Let's go and look. Let's search out. We are in a fallen world. Accidents happen to Christians that are blood washed going to heaven. Christians get retrenched. My friend Lebu is sitting over there. Christians lose their jobs. Christians, Christians receive diagnoses from doctors that are 
untoward. But God has made a way. And his way is not for us to live with fear and uncertainty. And to try and re-engineer and re-MacGyver our situations. That for me is allowing sin to control us. And I'm not saying this active sin, but the consequences of the brokenness brought on by sin. There's a reminder for my heart this morning to say, watch out. It's at the door, it's very close at hand. It's eager to control you, but we must master it. And it's not in, in my ability. God made a way. The last scripture I'm going to read for us is in Romans 5, verse 17 to 19. For if by the trespass of one man, death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through that one man, Jesus Christ? Consequently, just as one trespass resulted in the condemnation of all people, so also one righteous act resulted in the justification and life for all people. For just as through the disobedience of one man, the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of one man, the many will be made righteous. I'm going to invite you to stand this morning, and I'm going to ask you a couple of questions, which feel free not to answer out loud. And those questions, the first one is, where do you find yourself this morning? Has sin infiltrated and taken over? God has made a way. Do you find sin crouching at the door? God has made a way. Do you live in fear of uncertainty and trying hard to, maybe even struggle to accept, why am I exposed to some of the distraction that's brought on by the consequences of sin. God has made a way. Because in Him, He directs our steps. We're not just ordinary people who don't know which way to go. We have received the Father. We've received His Spirit. He's made a way for us to live righteously in obedience with him, obedience to him, even in this age. Well, we hope you were encouraged and inspired by that word today. If you would like to know more about what's happening in the life of the church, please check out our socials on Instagram and Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel, or check out our website, lifechanges.org.za. Enjoy your day.